What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Red Blacks Unfiltered. This is the podcast where you can hear candid conversations with your favorite Red Blacks players. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly. And before we jump into today's conversation with Sherrod Baltimore, there's a couple things that we need to go over first. Number one, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider leaving a rating and a review. The more positive ratings and reviews we get, the more it helps new people find the show. And I want to give a special shout out to everyone that's listened so far. I said it last week, and I just want to say it again. Thanks to all of you listening. We trended as the number one football podcast in Canada when we launched this so a big thank you to everyone that has listened if you enjoy this episode like i said please leave a rating and a review make sure you subscribe and stay tuned for future episodes and now without further ado i present to you sherrod baltimore unfiltered Sherrod Baltimore, welcome to Red Blacks Unfiltered. How are you doing today? Doing good, man. Thank you for having me, brother. It's my pleasure. So I want to start, I want to go all, I want to go all the way back. So before football, you played basketball, right? If I'm not mistaken, you played for the Fox Hill Roadrunners. That was your first team? Oxen Hill Roadrunners. Oxen Hill. Yes, Got yes, you. Yeah. I was close. You was close. Yeah, yeah. Right around the same, right around the same. Yeah. So why? Same animal. <laughs> yeah. So why basketball first? Um... I played basketball and football, so I was doing the, um, the same thing at the same time. Well, you know, when the seasons come up, I play basketball and football. And I tried out soccer. I tried out baseball, too, so I was just trying things out. But the things that I, that stuck with me the most was basketball and football, you know what I'm saying? So basketball was my first love, for real, for real, you know what I'm saying? So um, it was awesome, man. I just like scoring. Doing a thing, you know, dribbling, crossing people up, watching and one mixtapes. That was back in the day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I saw it's all those things. Uh, yeah, most definitely basketball was my first love. It's definitely my first love. If I wasn't in the NFL, I'd probably be in the NBA. Yeah. 100%. Fair. I know I heard that this past weekend was the U Sports Final Eight, and they had a competition where you had to shoot a three pointer, then shoot a free throw, then hit a layup. And you set the record. You had the fastest time all weekend. I had to make sure I still got it. Yeah. I had to make sure I still got it. <laughs> I ain't know I had the fastest time though. Yeah. That's what they said. Yeah. Fastest time, like 12 seconds or something like that, you did it. Hey, God is good. God is good. Hey, make sure they know that, man. I set the record. I just set the record straight. And so like when like when did you first start playing football? How old were you? I was uh six. Six. Six years old. Yep. Really? Same basketball and football. As soon as I was old enough, they put me out there. I was on the um O line. I played for Oxford Hill, Road Runners. I was on the O line. I started on the offensive line. Yeah, crazy, I had the little umba face mask, the one that go down the middle, you know what I'm saying? All my football players know what that's about. We all had to go through that, you know what I'm saying? Some people did. Yeah, and then so I know ultimately you ended up playing QB, right? Yeah. For a long time? Uh-huh, that was after, when I grew up, I was playing running back. And then when I went to, I think it was my last year of Oxen Hill, I played a little quarterback and then Coach Ray Farmer, uh, put me at quarterback for the Milo Heights Hurricanes. It was my last year playing like, uh, like Pop Warner Boys and Girls Club for until I went to high school. So, um, I just played quarterback. He said, "Hey man, what position you want to play?" I told him I want to play running back. But he was like, "Man, we got an All Star team. I want you to play some quarterback. We got a nice little running back. You'll be a. I'm gonna make you a quarterback. We're gonna be good. Then we're all the way to the championship, man. All the way to Florida, the, the, the national championship. Yeah, it was nice. We was ranked the number one team in the world and all those things." That's crazy. It was cold, yeah, man. It was nice. And so you played quarterback then most of high school? All high school. All high school. Yeah, until, uh, well, even my senior year, I played some quarterback. Yeah, I played quarterback. I didn't play defense until my 12th, my senior year. 
Wow, really? Yeah, maybe. See, some of, I played a little safety, a little safety in 11th grade, but I had some coaches used to tell me, man, you the quarterback, you can't play defense. You know what I'm saying? But um, we had a coach that came in, Coach Peter Quayway. Man, I love him forever. Um, he came in and he said, man, he was African. It was weird where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? He was African. He came in, this skinny dude wearing some Timberland boots with no socks on. I'm like, he like, man, Sherrod. I'm like, he like, uh, you want to go to college? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to play quarterback at college. He said, who told you that? <laughs> he like, bro, you 5'10". <laughs> How you going to play quarterback? If you want to go to the NFL, you want to go pros, you need to. I'm gonna make you a DB. You know what I'm saying? You are gonna play corner. I played on the Knicks. He he played on the Knicks Saban, so he got some technique. And he, he used to always tell me, man, you can listen, bro. You gonna go to the pros if you you gonna be a pro football player if you play corner. I'm telling you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he also told me that I had to stop playing basketball. I played basketball and football in, in high school. I played AAU as well. So he tried to get me to um, understand that in order for me to be a good corner, I'm gonna have to perfect my craft. You know what I'm saying? Um, it was tough. It was tough. Uh, I had to put it down. So um, for that summer, for my junior year summer, it was it was it was tough. So I put that down. Then every day I perfected my craft the whole summer. You know what I'm saying? It hurt my heart that I really couldn't play basketball because I had this basketball coach named Coach Ty. He I was with him throughout my whole career. I think middle school all the way to high school. We had a bond. You know what I'm saying? So. It was just tough to say, man, I can't really play no more. He like, what? Still to this day, you a better basketball player than a football player, Sherrod. I want you to know that. You a better basketball player than a football player. You know what I'm saying? But Coach Ty, man, I love him, man. He gave me some man stuff and things like that. And he understood as well. He like, man, you know, if you're going to choose football, I'm, I'm with you either way. But I'm going to still tell you you're a better basketball player than a football player. You know what I'm saying? So but anyways, Coach Quayway, man, I went out there with him every day. Every day in the summer, man, we drill, just drill work. Corners, just repetition, repetition, and he'll be on me. He'll curse me out. He'll love me, tough love, and he'll tell me just technique, technique. And the only thing that I didn't have was, like, real a fast 40, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't run track, you know what I'm saying? So to all my younger athletes out there who want to play football, man, they want to see your 40. They want to see how fast your 40 is. They don't want to see nothing else, you know what I'm saying? So I pull up to the camps in the summertime. I run a slow 40, but I would lock everybody up at the camp. So it's like, what? They'd be, you know what I'm saying, confused. Like, his 40 not good, but he lock everybody up. Like, the, you get your best receiver out there, he lock them down. But, you know what I'm saying? And that's what kind of was my struggles going growing up to as well. But, yeah, man, as far as as, as far as high school, that's when I started, man. That's, what, that's where it all started. Mm -hmm. Coach Quayway turned me into that DB, man, in my senior year. It was no looking back. That's crazy. And I want to talk a little bit before we get into getting recruited for college and stuff, man. I want to talk about like where you grew up. Cause I watched that TSN documentary and like you just talked to me about your childhood and your whole time growing up for a bit. Okay. Um, I'm from Prince George's County, Maryland, PG County. Um, it's right outside of DC. So, um, majority of the time I'll be in Maryland, all types of parts of Maryland, just like the Prince George's County area. And then I also spent a lot of my time in Washington, D.C. So a lot of my friends is from D.C. and a lot of my friends are from Prince George's County. Um, I really don't say, I, if you always hear me say where I'm from, I even say like the DMV or PG County because I grew up, uh, it was a lot of evictions growing up where I come from. Um, I lived in like 12 different types of houses, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I know a lot of people. I know a million a million people. So if people say, man, that's my brother or my, that's my cousin, you know what I'm saying? Probably is just because we, you know what I'm saying? Just the different cultures and the different places I'd have lived in. And um, 
majority of the places that I moved in, you know what I'm saying, it was a, uh, it was poverty. You know what I'm saying? It was um, you're not moving to the best of areas. You know, it's just what you can afford, what your mom going through. Um, as well, it was me, and my mom, my grandma, and my my sister. Growing up, um, I was the man of the house, probably like seven, eight years old. You know what I'm saying? Well, once we moved on our own, so yeah, man, it was a little. It was it was it was it was fun growing up. You know what I'm saying? Because I played basketball and football, and I was out always to be able to hang out with my friends and. Always be able to uh, just go places. I'm traveling on the weekends, going to uh, Florida, or I'm going to um, Ohio, just because of sports. Sports will take you places, you know what I'm saying? But during the week, I go to school, and I go to practice after school, and then I come home and get to hang out, and I'm back in the poverty. I'm back to hanging out with my friends that don't play sports, you know what I'm saying? A lot of a lot of my friends right now don't play sports. They not, they not athletes, you know what I'm saying? So it's awesome, though, man. I love it. I love it. Uh, it made me who I am today. Um, I played a lot of sports. I can, I will say that. So that's what kept me out of, you know, what I'm saying those doing those things that get your mind focused. And even the, even my friends and the people that was older than me, you know, what I'm saying we call those the OGs. They always told me, um, I got one dude, one of my biggest influences, um, is is a rapper from from where I'm from. His name is Fat Trail. Um, I grew up with him. It, that was an important part of my life when I met him because, because of, um. He really kept my head on straight. I remember he, like he'd be outside. He before that, like he was rapping a little bit, but he was just really in the field, like really out out there in the streets. You know what I'm saying? So when I used to go outside, and me and him kind of like we got the same eyes, like little pretty eyes. You know what I'm saying? So I, we always called each other. That's my little brother. That's my little twin. You know what I'm saying? So he um he told me he when I used to go outside and things like that. He used to be like, man, you don't need to do that. You an athlete. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to be around me. I'm smoking and stuff like that. You you an athlete. You ain't gonna be smoking. You know what I'm saying? Just little stuff like that. So, um, and then when he made it big time, and I used to like when he signed with um, MMG. That's Rick Ross label. You know what I'm saying? So I kept in touch with him. Um, I had lost. We had lost track for like a year or two. I'm like, man, where my brother? And I went to high school, and while I'm in like ninth grade. Uh, I remember going to school one day. They was like, they was listening to this song. It was like, um, I think it was a mixtape called No Secrets or something like that. I'm like, who is that? They was like, this dude called Fat Trail. I'm like, Fat Trail, who is that? And they showed me a picture. I'm like, Trail, like what, my brother? Man, I said, man, I called him on the phone. I said, bro, you know they listening to your music in these schools? He said, nah, bro, you for real? Like, I'm like, man, you about to make it? You know what I'm saying? Then he signed with Double MG, you know MMG. That's Rick Ross, and then he. Um, he had me around him going to his shows and stuff like that and just, you know what I'm saying? So he already on a famous type of level, a level. This before I was in the pros. This when I'm in high school going to college, you know what I'm saying? So and he taught me a lot of things, how to move and stuff like that and how to, how to uh, this life I'm living now. He was just basically getting me prepared for this life. So he's like, man, you're going to be doing shows. You're going to be, people going to be interviewing you. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be doing podcasts because I used to go with him and watch his interviews and stuff like that. And he ain't never lied. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I always had good people around me. My uncles, you know what I'm saying? Good, good influences. That was a big influence. My two uncles, man. My uncle Trey, I lived with my uncle uh, through high school. So in high school, um, I lived with a guy who I played Pop Warner with him and his family, uh, Navon Hobby and Michelle Hobby and Ron Hobby. That was his, that was the guy. Navon Hobby, his parents was them, and I loved them forever. They took me in there and they took me in because uh, one of my situations I went through. I had, I had, uh, I had uh, got robbed when I was about twelve years old. You know what I'm saying? Just being in the streets. You know, just wrong place, wrong time. And uh, my uncle came and he got me. He said, "Man, you ain't never gonna ever." 
live out here ever again, man. And it was crazy because I, I said this in the uh, in the pocket in my uh, TSN interview. I was saying, man, why would I, I? I I told my uncle like, bro, I love the hood, bro. I'ma never never move from here. They love me out here, bro. You know what I'm saying? And then that happened like a couple months later. Then he was like, you know what I'm saying? You will never understand why you do those things like that, but. That's what happens when you go through those things, you know what I'm saying? Just wrong place at the wrong time. And then as I grew older, like, oh, the goal is to move out the hood, move your family out the hood, maybe invest in some property, you know what I'm saying? Uh, have the people where you from, you know, lower the, the rent rates for them so they can rent, you know what I'm saying? Just little stuff I'm learning now and things of that nature. But my uncle, man, he helped me a lot, man. He kept my head on straight and I always wanted to do the right thing. And he always gassed me. He was one of my biggest, my biggest performers and my mom too, my mom as well, you know what I'm saying? My mom, man, she used to go through it. She used to go through it, man. Sometimes I come home and like a few times we'd be getting evicted. I come home, she'd just be crying, you know what I'm saying? I come see her like, mom, stop crying, we'll be all right. You know what I'm saying? I'ma buy a house for us when we get older. You know what I'm saying? Just, and then this would be tough though, you know what I'm saying? When you get when you see stuff like that, like I might I might not realize that now, but my my skin thick, you know what I'm saying? I got tough skin, like. Sometimes people cry now and I be like, man, it's all right. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm just learning how to get feelings and things like that and those nature. But yeah, man, to all those people, even coaches, man, I had a lot of coaches who kept me on straight. A lot of my friends, you know what I'm saying, growing up, that's why I call them my brothers. They always kept me on straight, uh, motivated me to do the right things and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's a little bit of my, my, my history of growing up right there, man. Yeah, so the TG County DMV, man, shout out to everybody you know who know me. And so where do you think that thick skin comes from? Because like you mentioned earlier, you became the man of the house at like six, seven, eight years old. So you probably had to grow up really fast. So where do you think that that thick skin comes from? It comes from seeing a lot. You know what I'm saying? It comes from uh, being in a house where you, when I first, when I first, when I first remember my house was in uh, Oakland and then we moved to uh, Indian Queens. And I remember that, we was in the house and it was my uncle, my two uncles, Trey, William. It was my grandfather, it was my mom, my grandma. It was me and my little sister just got born. And then us getting evicted and me coming home and seeing my trophies on the front yard and all our stuff on the front yard. My grandma in a wheelchair, she in the front. My mom in the front, she crying a little bit, you know what I'm saying? And I'm coming home from practice like, oh, what's going on? And then we go to another spot and um, my uncle let us stay at his spot, and then um, it was me, my grandma, my little sister, and my my mom, and me and my little sister shared a bed with my grandma in the room, and my mom, she had her room, and sometimes we would come home and it'd just be soup to eat for dinner, you know what I'm saying? I'll never forget this, I always tell this story, it was two soups, and one time I came home and it was some beef soup or something like that, and I warmed it up in the, in the microwave, but I don't think I warmed it up enough, and I just ate it and I threw it away, and then my mom got on me, she cursed me. Why the hell you throw that away? You know you we need that, you know what I'm saying? Uh she was just cursing me out and I didn't realize how important it was till I got older, you know what I'm saying, and why. But just I feel like just me going and then once I get it and as well as while I'm in these spots, I'm also going outside and I'm also saying, Okay, I'm I gotta make friends out here. These are all my friends. I'm going to these schools and and I told you this property you in. So once my homies is my homies, they out in the streets for real. You know, they going through the same thing I'm going through. Just cause you hear my story, my story, all right, wait till you hear they story. You know what I'm saying? They got some real deal Holyfield stories. They got, you know what I'm saying, lifetime movies and stuff like that. And um just seeing those things just in the streets, like, man, 
people people dodging death and you know what I'm saying? People, we all eating off oodles and noodles. We all sharing each other clothes. This my brother, man. Hey, let me hold that hoodie for the weekend. I got to step out. Let me rock them jeans this week, man. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and just keep moving around. And once you move around, it's the same thing in every property. And property, you move to this spot. I'm moving to Greenbelt. I'm moving to uh, Southeast, Southern Avenue. I lived in, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's the same thing, moving around and moving around. And the thing that got me making tough skin is just like, some some nights I ain't eat. Some nights we had to thug it. And some nights it was good. You know what I'm saying? I just got paid, we eat good. You know what I'm saying? We can share that with the homies and stuff like that. And um, seeing that at a young age just make you got just, just tough. You know what I'm saying? So now, I'm older now, so we lose a game. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna be mad about it. You get beat on a play, I'm gonna get mad about it, but it ain't gonna kill me. You know what I'm saying? Some dudes crying, this their last thing, like, bruh, it's all right, bruh. Like, I done came from not, no meals at night. It's all right, this is football. You feel what I'm saying? So, yeah, even though I love this game, I'm still passionate about it, but I done been through so much. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to say it's a good thing. You know what I'm saying? I got to get better at having feelings. You know what I'm saying? And love and stuff like that. I just got to get better with it. Yeah, and you mentioned there too, like guys dodging death and stuff. And you yeah. mentioned you also got robbed when you were twelve. Was mm -hmm. that like, were you genuinely afraid for your life at that moment? Nah, no. it was, I mean, you hear about it so much. You got people beefing with neighborhoods right across the street, down the street. You know what I'm saying? People fighting. Uh, so I grew up. I grew up. I remember living in Oakland. Just this is when I'm like six years old. Bro, we outside. Six years old, I get to go up the street with my homies, uh, Moog, Earl, you know what I'm saying? Just my homies up top, Doskin. This is on the same street, you know what I'm saying? So when I'm up there, we all, you got different neighborhoods, people going to the body, you know what I'm saying? You practicing on a little stuff like that, and you don't really know what you're doing. You just outside being a kid, you know what I'm saying? You got, oh, Maplewood over here, or you know what I'm saying? When you when I go to up D.C., I'm learning about um, certain quarters and things like that. Oh, they... Oh, he just got robbed. Oh, he got shot at. Like, man, that's crazy out here. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So when I got robbed, it was just like, all right, bro, you just took an L. You was in the wrong place, wrong time. You really wasn't on your game. Keep your head on the swivel. I knew I should have seen that car go down. You know what I'm saying? You just, it's just your your surroundings. You know what I'm saying? I, I still carry myself today to like, I got to keep my eyes open. I move different. You know what I'm saying? I make sure my eyes open. People always say, bro, chill. You, you in Canada. You know what I'm saying? You. You you alright, you know what I'm saying? I'm just hey man, I'm sorry, bro. It's just I gotta keep my eyes open. Hey, you can't be loafing out here. You know what I'm saying? Cause anything can happen anywhere at any point of time, you know what I'm saying? But I'm still learning, bro. I'm still learning, man. It's a it's a blessing to be here. And uh, uh I'm gonna say a lot of my friends and stuff like that, they done been through a lot too, man. A lot of my friends, I'm not gonna say a lot of them, but when I say they dodge definitely, man, man, they done seen a lot, you know what I'm saying? Only if they knew. Only if you knew, man. I don't want to talk about too much, you know what I'm saying? But hey, man, they go through it as well. I'm just not the only person to go through it. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned as you grew older, you realized that the goal was to make it out. Yeah. And was, I guess, sports was the vehicle for you to get out then? NFL, NBA, period. And my uncle did a great job of making sure I stayed focused. He always did a great job of making sure I was, man, you need to go to practice. Bruh, you going to play on TVs on Sunday. I swear he told me that at seven years old, eight years old. We was playing throwback tackle in the basement. Bro, you gonna be playing on TVs on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? We talk about this every day. You know what I'm saying? It's awesome, man. I got number love for him. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And so, when did the opportunity of playing college football come? Like, what? At what point when you were in high school did you realize that you were gonna play Div One? Um, I knew when I was in college when I used to just watch film and you know what I'm saying. I was saying like, 
watch the best corners in his leagues and the people getting drafted. Um, senior year, um, when I was a redshirt freshman, I had a DB at my school named Jerron McMillan. And um, it was Jerron McMillan and it was Trevor Carson. Those were the two guys that I looked up to that played defense anyway. I looked up to a lot of dudes and they was from Maine. And the reason why I went to Maine is because the coach, Coach Vash, who recruited me, told me we got one of the highest percentages of going to the NFL. Like we sending dudes in and out, man. You can got a chance to go ahead. And when I first heard about Maine, I'm like, and you know me, I'm from around the way. So I'm like, I was in school. I'll never forget it. Coach Vash came to see me in school. They called me down. I'm like, yeah, man, it's the coach from University of Maine. I'm like, oh, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? Because my coach, Coach Wei told me you got to respect everyone. And we talked a little bit, then he left. And then I talked to my coach for a little bit. Then I went to class. I'm like, man, it was a coach from Maine just here. And I'll never forget it. It was a girl next to me. Her name is Jerrica. She said, man, you... You, you can't go to Maine, that's in Alaska. I'm like, you right, I'm not going to Maine, that's in Alaska. You know what I'm saying? We don't really know what's going on. We don't really understand. Then I'm going to go tell my coach. I'm like, coach, I can't go to Maine, that's in Alaska. He's like, who told you that? <laughs> who, tell him, tell him come in. You know what I'm saying? He said some more, but hey, man, it was a funny, it was a fun experience. Then I went to Maine and then we talked about it. I went on a visit and went there, so forth and so on. But uh, when I got there, I started, I was just watching, when I learned, what I learned is you're going to watch film. And, um, I was watching film of the best corners. Um, we had to watch teams anyway, the teams you scouted, and you always get to see the opposite team they was playing. So I'm like, oh, he going to the league? Oh, I'm better than him. You know what I'm saying? He might be bigger than me, but he don't got good feet and hips. He don't cover better than me. You know what I'm saying? Just little stuff like that. And we had dudes on our team, like Jerome McMillan's and the Trevor Carson's. They used to always tell me, bro, you going to make it too. You know what I'm saying? You just got to run fast. You got to get a little faster. If you can get faster, get some weight on you, you'll be good. You know what I'm saying? So. I got the college like one fit like one fifty, one fifty five. Light. You know? <laughs> yeah, so I got some weight on, I put some weight on me. I got a little faster, you know what I'm saying? I got I got enough to get me by. And um, shoot, man, I just said, if they making it, I know I'm gonna make it, you know what I'm saying? I just know my talent, you know, and God bless me. I feel like he just blessed me. I used to always have dreams and stuff, just playing on Sundays, playing on TV and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then what are some of your favorite moments from your time at Maine? Um, my favorite moments is definitely Chicken Fest. I don't know if you know what that is. It's this party. Listen, it's the biggest party on campus. Uh, you wake up. You um, They text you the address the same day. And it's in the woods, in the middle of nowhere. And you go out there. It's a big party. It's like they got a band. It's so many people, bro, in the middle of the woods. I never seen nothing like that before, bro. It's a crazy experience. So many people, you know what I'm saying? And uh, another thing was playing with my teammates. You know what I'm saying? We had uh, it was one of the best feelings because Maine's like a brotherhood. So going to war with them, just 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 workouts on Sunday. I mean, on, on dome challenges in the morning, in the locker room chilling when there's no practice, just playing the games, competing against each other. Uh, after practice, going to their house chilling. Uh, in the summertime, Maine is beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Uh, another thing is Maine lobster and seafood. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, bro. Real good, real good. You gotta try that. Um, those are some of the, my best things I remember about Maine, man. Just the people too. The people, they helped me. Cause where I come from, I went to school with just like black people, predominantly African-Americans. Then when you go to Maine, it's the total opposite. It's like, bro, like it took me out of my culture. You know what I'm saying? When I went there, I'm like, Oh, I like this. 
oh, this, this is what they doing out here? They got love for us out here. You know what I'm saying? It ain't how it is on the TVs and stuff like that because you really don't know. Like I said, when I went to school and my growing up in poverty, you don't really see different type of people other than your people. You know what I'm saying? So that helped me step out of my, my reign. You know what I'm saying? Just opened up myself as well as um, I went to school to get a communications major degree in. And um, it helped me speak a little better, not just slang, you know what I'm saying? Um, it helped me get etiquette, you know, learn a little different little things. So, yeah, it was awesome, man. That was that was definitely some of my best times in Maine. My teachers, my professors, man, we had talks and stuff like that I can remember for the rest of my life. And what about highlights on the field in Maine? Mm, highlights on the field in Maine? Uh, I had my biggest highlights is I had two interceptions in one game, supposed to be three. Yeah, man, really, I'm not going to say I was the best, like, I wasn't really, like, the best person, like, the best player in the conference, you know what I'm saying? I, we ain't really get no love like that. I got better as the years go on, but I always knew I was the best on the field. I was the best corner. No one was really going up top on me. I felt like I was the best, you know what I'm saying? But they didn't really give me accomplished accolades for that those things, you know what I'm saying? So, a lot of politics involved and those things like that. But, uh, yeah, I definitely had two interceptions in one game. You know what I'm saying? So I was playing the game and those things like that. But it is what it is. And then what about going pro after Maine? Because I know you had that year between where you were a coach. But before that, before you became a coach at Maine, were you going to the Combine or anything for the NFL? Like what happened once you graduated Maine? So I graduated. Um, I was trained. I went to California to train. You know what I'm saying? I came back. Um, you know, you got a pro day. So I did, went to my pro day. I uh I don't think I ran that fast. I think I ran like four six or something like that. Then my drills and and in my mind I was like I'm going to the NFL or nothing. I just had my mind set on it and it was like um my uncle was like all right you need to have a plan B as well you know what I'm saying so if this don't work out I told him if it don't work out I was gonna be a coach but I'm gonna train as well I'm gonna just do pro day again next year so I'm gonna really train but I'm a coach as well because I might want to be a coach when it's over you know what I'm saying plan B if things don't work out now I just go be a coach so. I uh, was training for my pro day, was training hard, doing my thing, and then, um, shoot, things ain't work out. I ain't get no calls. I had an agent, and I was hitting my agent up. This one, I knew it was real. Like, it hit me. I called my agent. My agent is, we summoned up the pro day. He's like, man, you need to run fast. I might come to your pro day, all this. My agent ain't end up coming. My trainer ain't end up coming. They gassed me like they was going to come. They ain't come. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm like, all right, I'm here on my own. It's whatever. I run my 40. I do my drills. I look good at everything. And I ain't get signed and no one called me. And I called my, my agent and he stopped answering for me. I'm like, oh, damn. All my, everybody who was calling my phone, blowing my phone up, they ain't hit my phone no more. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, this real. So that was in May. I, uh, I went home in June, July, just tried, I stayed home. And me and my uncle was talking about it. Uh, I started training. I'll never forget it. I was training for a little bit. I took a little time off, and then I, I told him, like, all right, uh, Coach Burkett was the, was my DB coach, and I told him my idea, and Coach H, he was the head coach at the time. I told him my idea, like, I want to come up, and I want to uh, do some coaching. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to train. I'm going to do pro day again as well. I'm going to train at the, at the practice and stuff like that. So they're like, all right, yeah, man, come do it. You're going to be a great coach. They talking to me like a coach, like it's going to be over. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling Coach B, B Coach Burkett, he like, man, I believe in you, but it's going to be tough for you. Like, man, listen, man, I'm supposed to be in the league. I ain't supposed to be here. Because he used to tell me while I was playing, bro, I seen, you're a 4 5 kid. I seen people like you in the league. You just got to run a fast 40. That's all they tell me. But anyways, I'm at coach. I'm, I'm training. Uh, we practicing every day. And after practice, I go do my workouts. Backpedal, break, 
shuffle, lift. I lift every day. In the morning, come there, get my lifting. I trained the whole year. So here come pro, they come back around. I took it, I was coaching this year, I wasn't in. So here come May. So pro day's in May, obviously. Is it in May or is it in, when is pro day? March. March. Pro day is in March. So I did my pro day. Uh, I did my pro day. Um, oh, but while I'm coaching, now I forgot this part, while I'm coaching, NFL scouts is coming in, CFL scouts coming in. So Coach Burkett, my job was to bust the film down. Like I would watch film on opponents and I have to write bunch concepts, spot concept or trips, uh, sticks concept, you know what I'm saying? Or all verticals. I I was learning while I was coaching. So I'm like, okay, so people not really just making up plays out here. They all doing the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So you just learn route concepts. You learning stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, I'm getting, I can get hip to this. So I'm putting it in. But as I was putting it in the computer in the film room, the red skin scouter coming. I'd be like, hey man. Who you came to see today? They were like, oh, we came to see, you know, Malumba, Christoph Malumba. That was one of the highest DBs. Oh, Pat Ricard. Shout out to Pat Ricard. He played uh, fullback and defensive line for the uh, Ravens. I don't know if you know that, man. He's a dog. I think he went to the Pro Bowl this year. Shout out Pat. Hey, but they was coming to see him. So I'd be like, y'all need DBs? They'd be like, man, we all right. We like bigger DBs or corners. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, hey, man, what's your email? I'll send you my highlight film. I ain't supposed to be here. Cool. The Jaguars are coming. The Colts are coming. I ask the same thing every time. Y'all need corners? Y'all need DBs? They be like, hey man, it's out. Yeah, we need. What's your email? I send it to you. But one that stuck out was the Ottawa Red Black Scout, JM, Gene Mark. That's my brother for life, man. Listen, man, he recruit a lot of talent. He do a lot of digging. I'm like, hey man, what you doing here, man? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what you doing here, man? He like, I'm recruiting talent. He like, hey man, you ever heard of Canada? I'm like, yeah. He like, what you know about Canada? I'm like, uh. The Drake, <laughs> the six, <laughs> you feel me? Like, oh, don't too much about Canada like that, you know what I'm saying? But he was he he went on to tell me some history and culture, you know, about Niagara Falls and um, it's a lot of diversity in Canada. And we didn't even talk football, but at the end, I'm like, hey man, y'all need DBs? He like, we always need DBs. I'm like, all right. So I sent him my highlight tape. And then when he left, I looked more in the CFL. I'm like, bro, they number one in the conference right now. I'm like, oh, they killing it. This 2016 when they won the Grey Cup, I'm like, Bro, so I'm texting him every day. Since he left that day, I text him every day. But he hit me back the same day, the next day, like, hey man, I sent you a film to my GM. He liked you. What happened to you, man? What, what, what happened? I'm like, listen, bro, I ain't running fast 40. I went to Maine. We wasn't really that good. I didn't go all American, those things like that. You know what I'm saying? So I got caught up. I really got, you know what I'm saying? It went over my head. I slid under the radar. Like, all right, man, all right. So I hit him up every single day. Y'all gotta listen, man, sign me. Y'all need DBs. I'll bring you, bring me to camp. I'll lock anybody up. So he told me, man, we won the Great Cup. I said, man, what? This is crazy. You feel what I'm saying? Then he invited me to a camp. I went to a camp, man, locked everybody up. You can ask them. That's my word, man. Anybody anybody who was at the camp, you can ask the whole front office. I did my thing, shut everybody down. The, um, after I went to the camp, before I went to the camp, I went home because I was training so March. Then it was April. And then I think the training, the uh, the camp was like, I think the first week of April, the last yeah, the last week of April. So... Our, our uh, pro day was the first week of March, and then when I went home, I was training every day. I asked my uncle, bro, I was staying up 24 hours. My uncle tell me to this day, bro, I thought something was wrong with you, bro. I'm like, bro, I got to eat. We, I, I want it, bro. Like, I don't got no other option. I had 24 hours trained. I wouldn't even go to sleep some days, man. I swear to God, you can ask my uncle. This is a fact. Some days I just, man, I wouldn't go to sleep, just train, so... He asked me to uh after after I went to the camp, 
I did my thing, that hard work paid off, you know, just training every day, stand up, paid off, went to the camp, locked everybody up. And then um, after I did that thing, I went to, uh, I got signed, they signed me. After that day, me and my uncle, we, my uncle shed a tear, man. We always like, man, it's crazy, man, but this ain't, the, we ain't stopping here. They took a shot for me, I stopped drinking, I ain't drunk since, I ain't drunk no liquor since, man. Since 2017, I believe. Yeah, man, I ain't never looked back, and that's how I got on, man. I went to camp, hey, man. I ain't never looked back. Never looked back. 2017, I think I signed. I was on practice squad for a little bit. Then I came in. I was rookie of the year. Can you talk to me about when you get signed? Like, walk me through what that looks like. Do they bring you into Marcel's office or like, how does that go? So when they signed me, they uh, I went to the camp. I went to the tryout. I went to a tryout, and they said I, when I when I went to the tryout, the trial was in North Carolina. So I, after pro day, I went home. I was training for March and then April, the first week of April was the trial. So I told my uncle, I said, man, listen, I got I got Ottawa trial, I got Winnipeg. I got Winnipeg first. I went to Winnipeg trial first, then I went to Ottawa trial. I said, that, that don't work out. I'm gonna go to Saskatchewan trial. So I went to Winnipeg, it was in DC. I ran a fast 40, I ran like a 449. Locked everybody up at the camp. I had some battles, it was tough, and then it ain't work out. I'm like, all right, man, this ain't working out. Like, whatever, I went to, uh. The Ottawa Red Blacks trial. I think my I think they said I ran a four six or something like that. But I locked everybody up. Then they signed me. Then after they signed me, they said we're gonna bring you to rookie mini camp. So rookie mini camp is before training camp. So when I got the rookie mini camp, I remember coming in. I don't meet nobody. You know what I'm saying? They just like how you doing, Sarah Bottom? Or they heard about me. They're like, oh, that's JM guy. He brought him in. Whatever. It's just going over their head. They really don't know who I am. They just know you. You another guy from Maine. So when I went out there. Camp, my rookie mini camp, I did my thing, locked everybody up, made plays. I just made plays. And they say I lock everybody up because it's the pros. You're going to get beat sometimes too, but you just got to make plays and stick out. Make plays, interceptions, picks. And I remember when I came there, I had dreads. They gave me number 14. They're like, man, you look just like our dude, Kane. Like, you're Dooley. I'm like, who? Like, bro, stop calling me that. I'm not Dooley. And the dudes on the team kept calling me that. Then I went to training camp. The, uh, the vets came in, and the vets came in and was like, Bro, you little dooley. I'm like, bro, stop calling me. Bro, uh, can y'all change my number? You know what I'm saying? I'm my own dude, man. Y'all keep calling me Abdul. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I tried to ask for a number source, but they was like, man, I heard you was making plays. I seen you on film making plays, man. I want to see that now when the rookies came. When the rookies came, I still did nothing stopped. I just kept going, kept making plays. I kept sticking out, kept making plays, kept fighting. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I stuck around. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think I thank God for Mr. Marcel. I thank God for JM, the whole front office, Ottawa. You know what I'm saying? The organization. Every single day, you know what I'm saying? They know how much love I got for them. And um, it's nothing but love for them, man, to this day. You know what I'm saying? They got me uh, in my first professional team, and I ain't look back. They believe in me. They still do. I sign back another year. Anytime a team offers you a contract, you know what I'm saying? They believe in you. So, yeah, it is what it is. And now, tell me about the experience of your first pro game. You worked so hard. You did all of this leading to that moment. So how did that feel to finally step on the field as a professional football player? It was good, bro. It felt good. I was like, man, I'm made for this. My uncle been telling me, hey, come to the game. My uncle told I told you you're going to be playing on TV, bro. I told you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it felt good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, before the game is even still to this day, I get emotional just because of where I come from. You know what I'm saying? Where I come from, only the strong survive. You got to be strong to make it out, to be living past 21. You an OG now when you're 21, you know what I'm saying? So me being in the pros, make about, I know I got a lot of my friends and my families looking up to me, just watching me, you know what I'm saying? So it felt good, bro. It felt good. I was emotional a little bit. But once you get that first playoff, it's now, all right, 
It's time to make plays. It's time to do what you've been doing in practice, showing you you belong here, not just they bring you here because you knew somebody. You know what I'm saying? So I was making plays. I was flying around doing my thing. And I, like I said, my first my first year I was on practice squad, and I had told my uncle, I don't know if that's good or not, but we here. I take that. And they was telling me in CFL it worked different. You on practice squad because you everyone's not active. You don't got backups like that. You know what I'm saying? Just how the things work. So I made, I got active halfway through the seasons and I finished the season. And now, like I said, 2017, I made plays and they voted me rookie of the year, man. It was a blessing. That was God, man. Yeah, I think you had, I have it written down here, 47 tackles in 13 games your rookie year. Yeah, man. We was balling. We was flying around. I had Jarrell Gavins around me, Jay Rose around me. Uh, I had guys, Pruno, he's still here. I had guys around me, man. We had dogs and they always used to tell me, they used to keep me confident. Man, you gonna be that guy. You are the guy. You know what I'm saying? And I still that showed me how to be a better teammate. You know, encouraging my teammates because if your teammate don't believe in you, who gonna believe in you? You know what I'm saying? This stuff like that. So, man, I I thank God for Jarrell and J Rose and Prunos and Corey Tindall. Me and Corey Tindall came in together. Hold your head. <laughs> we seen a lot of people come and go, and we still here. We seen a lot of people come and go, we getting released, and we had a lot of teammates and stuff like that, and we still here to this day. So, hey man, that's my that's a that's a good man, my brother right there, man. We done made it through a lot. Mm-hmm. And I want to fast forward to the Grey Cup that was in Edmonton. Mm. Can you talk about that? Because it's got to be such a good feeling to make it there, but then yeah. the lowest of lows at the end of that game when you guys don't win. Can you talk to me about that and like kind of what you learned going through all that? Uh well first of all man that was one of my best feelings ever you know what I'm saying because that year even the next year after I won 2017 rookie of the year the next year I was on, on practice squad again you know what I'm saying going through adversities that's why I always tell people you every year if it's one thing guaranteed in life is adversity you know what I'm saying you're gonna go through some adversity so um it was tough for me uh. The, the the second half of that season I played in about six games in the last five games I had five interceptions you know what I'm saying so. To get to the Great Cup, now we playing in front of, I forget how many thousands it was. It was, I had to be over 50,000. So I'm walking to the stadium. I'm looking up in the stands like, this is real deal. I'm getting emotional now. I done came from nothing to here playing in front of, in the Great Cup, this the big show. This the real deal. And they telling me, you know, Jay Rose in 2000 2016, they just won the Great Cup. So that's all they telling me about. This We getting to this Great Cup. So I'm finally in the Great Cup. Um, you know, after all I came through, we playing against Bo, Levi, Bo Levi Mitchell. I, I get an interception from him. Let me get that Bo Levi. That's one of the greatest quarterbacks. He's going in the Hall of Fame. That made a lot. We still making plays, the, the things I did since I've been here. But uh, it was it was one of my favorite games because it was icy out there on the field. It was turf. Like, it's a playoff game. It's a championship game. You know what I'm saying? So I wish we had that game back. We lost. It was unfortunate. It was sad. I still wake up at night wishing we won that game. I got PTSD from that game. You know what I'm saying? But we'll get back there, man. We'll get back. But this year going to be a good year. You know what I'm saying? We'll get back. we get that cup back to the city of Ottawa. It was tough, man. It was a tough thing to swallow. We had to... Man, that team was awesome. Uh, the best fans. It was tough to lose that, man. It was tough, man. But it was a Calgary-Ottawa game. They know how those things go. That's going to be a dog fight. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask about last season and what do you learn about yourself as a football player and as a man after going through such a difficult season? Um, I learned as a football player that uh, you're going to have highs and lows, but as a professional football player, you got to be able to take that on the chin. Um, when everybody not with you and you not all for it, you know what I'm saying, when the fans doubting and everyone doubting, we the ones that got to come to work. 
every day. You know what I'm saying? And it get tough when you ain't loot, when you ain't winning. It's tough to stick stick in there, man. It's tough. You gotta you gotta grow. But I I realize, you know what I'm saying? You gotta have leadership. Um, you gotta go harder than ever. You gotta keep staying consistent with the things you're doing. You know what I'm saying? And as a teammate, uh, you gotta you gotta stick it out with your team. You still gotta be confident with your team. You gotta you gotta love your teammates. You feel what I'm saying? You gotta um, stick in there with them. You gotta still give them confidence, bro. I'm here with you, brother. You my brother. I'm here with you. You know what I'm saying? You gotta believe in yourself, cause 2018 we had the same defense as 2000. You know what I'm saying? 19. That's the same defense right there. Ain't no really difference. You know what I'm saying? So just really believe in confidence and just notice yourself, man. Okay. So next year I'm gonna figure it out. We gotta. Okay, I need to do this extra after practice. We need to um, maybe watch a little more film. Just do what you gotta do to evolve and those type of things, man. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you about the city of Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming you got lots of love for the city of yeah, Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what do you like? What do you do when you're not playing football? Like, what do you do when you're hanging around the city? I'm in the city. I'm everywhere, man. I try to stay in tune. I'm at the, I'm at the uh, Ottawa 67s games. That's one of my favorite things to do right now is go to the 67s games. I build a relationship with the teams, man. Shout out to the 67s, man. Young Rossi, he going top five. My my dog uh, Quinn twenty two he going top twenty he going top ten, uh, man the coach man the whole organization man I got nothing but love for just just old seg, um, I believe in in um, supporting the community um, even if it's going to talk to some kids I I try to stay active in the community with the kids um, going to talk to them um, staying active and even going to restaurants supporting the food oh oh you here oh let me. Let me come check your food. You know, you meet these people who come to games and stuff like that. And I try to stay in contact with them um, after the season, even if it's, like I said, restaurants or their business, even even if it's just a little business, I come and support, man. I support the hometown team, the 67s. We got a new team, the Blackjacks coming in. Um, Atleticos, that's the new soccer team coming in. I'm going to be at some of those games if I can. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a big supporter. I'm a, uh, I just try to do the right thing. I'm a good man. In my city, you know what I'm saying? In, in this city, Ottawa, uh, the thing I want to do is just win, man. Just come and win this great cover. And I can be, that would be the nail in the coffin, man. That would be the icing on the cake. If we could win that, man, I'd be support. I'd be happy with that. But other than that, I'm, uh, I go ice skating on the canal in the winter. Um, try to hit some fans up, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I really need to spend more time with my family. You know, I'm away home a lot. I, wanted, I think I did that a little more. I went home for... Thanksgiving and Christmas this year. I'm going to go back home before the season and things of that nature, man. So, hey, if there's anything people want to do with me, man, just hit me up, hit my email, hit me on Instagram, social media, man. I can get it done with you. I'm a man of the community. Mm-hmm. Why is being a man of the community so important to you? Uh, it's important to me because these are the people that support you and watch you. They fans. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm real. You can come and touch me. You can see me in the mall. You can see me anywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm reachable. You know what I'm saying? And these people... Uh, growing up, my uncle used to watch the Redskins, and my um, and my other uncle used to watch the Falcons, and they used to always say, "Man, uh, you gonna be playing like that." And they used to always tell me, "Like, man, I wonder what he be doing. I wonder what they be doing." I always wanted to tell them, "Like, I'm not Hollywood. I I want to always be able. To, if you can hit me, you can take pictures with me. Anything, man. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? I want to be real, and I feel like in the community." You need to support one another. You need to, uh, for the 67s games, I like going to them games. And I'm learning about hockey. I'm still learning. There's something new to me. You know what I'm saying? I also go for the support as well. Hey, the Red Blacks, we here. We supporting. We in the city. Oh, the Red Blacks, you know what I'm saying? We we good people in the city. It ain't no bad vibes. It ain't no bad love. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to put a bad name out for the Red Blacks as well. I know that's an organization. So 
Mr. Marcel and those things. I want them to uh, understand that they got good kids. They recruit not just good football players. We are not just football players. Out of football, we uh, we doing good things as well. So I feel like it's important, man. And speaking of attending games and supporting in the community, I remember you telling me about your the first time you went to a Panda game. Can you tell me about that time? I remember you saying you were like walking up to the stadium and you could hear the noise. Man, down the street, it's man. You see college kids walking like it's a concert. It is live. I can't wait to go this year. I went last year. I go every year. I'm so excited for it. Ottawa GGs versus Carlton, man. It's one of the biggest games. It's one of the biggest games in the city. I feel like it's almost close to like Calgary and Ottawa. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a rivalry right down the street from each other. And um, those guys play hard and, and you know, and they support the, the, the community come and support the, that game, man. Um, it's one of the biggest and the best things I've ever seen in my life. They fill the games up. They fill the stadium up like it's like it's a Red Blacks game. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like um, Mark Gowdy, he does a great job. Uh, that's the president of OSA. He does a great job of doing putting those things together and allowing um, games to be played there. And um, like they just had the youth sports uh, thing at the facility. At the facility, and he, you know what I'm saying? They put those things there, and I like seeing what they putting together. Putting together there, you know what I'm saying? I go support them. Oh, this is what they doing? All right, let me go check it out. I like basketball anyway. I'm waiting for the Black Jacks to send me a ten day contract, man. They seen what I what they say? I had the fastest time, man. Send that contract over. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, man. But I number love for the city of Ottawa and the community, man. I I really mean that, and I'm just not being Hollywood as a you, you can ask any fan, man. That's just, I'm real, as real as they come. And did you know about the Panda game when you first moved here? Did you have no idea? I never had no idea until the, until the game was coming up. They're like, bro, you come to the Panda game? What's the Panda game? Oh, Ottawa versus Carlton. Yeah, I'm coming. I don't know. I go to the game. I hear screaming. I hear all this stuff going on. I'm like, bro, this is real. So I'm walking to the stadium. I'm like, who playing? This, okay. They doing their thing out here. You know what I'm saying? So ever since then, I ain't miss a game. That's one of the biggest games, and I feel like it's the culture out here, and I feel like no one should miss it. Everyone should come check it out. You know what I'm saying? The more fans, the more, the better the kids play, and the kids they get amped up. Carlton, Jay Howe, shout out to Jay Howe. I got some friends from Ottawa now, Gilly and Brass and Napoli. They at the game. They got bets going on. I get my little side bets going on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, man, it's double love, man. It's nothing but love to see them compete out there. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned going back to visit your family one more time before the season starts. Has Mm -hmm. And how cool was it to bring TSN and those big cameras and do a documentary back home this year? Um, it was awesome, bro. It was, you know, God is good. It was God sent. Um, it was just awesome to do that because of uh, I had my little brothers with me. 
And I always tell them the same thing my uncle tell me, y'all next up, y'all gonna be on TVs. I'm gonna be, be chilling. Me and mom gonna get the crib, y'all gonna be bringing the TVs and the reporters and things like that around. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's more of a role model thing to do. It's to, it's um it's definitely from God, it's nothing but God. You know, God sent um, blessings and highly favored and those things in that nature. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of prayer. I pray for stuff like this, you know what I'm saying? They come with a lot. People just see the, the TVs and the recorders in your hoods and stuff like that, and you know, high schools, but man, I've been through a lot, man. It just wasn't here. Gigglies and smiles, even now, I still go through it, you know what I'm saying? But it was so awesome, man. It was blessed my mom. I think Rick Westhead and the whole crew, Simon, man, they did a great job, man. They did a great job on that. And um, shout out to Mr. Hunt, Jeff Hunt. He put those things together. He. Uh, recommended it. Uh, Mr. Marcel and JM, they all participated in those things. None but love for them for the rest of my life. They know those things. I got love for them. And my mom and uh, my uncles and my sister, everybody did a good job. And Jerron came through with his family. My uncle Stink came through. Yeah, man, everybody did a good job, man. I feel like they did the best. They did the best they can do. So, yeah, shout out to them. When did you watch it for the first time? Because it's an emotional piece, so it must have been an emotional thing for you to watch. Uh... It's emotional every time I watch it now. I gotta, when I'm going through it sometimes, or I'm having a bad day, I might be thinking about something I ain't supposed to. I just watch it just to remember where I come from. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna definitely watch it before the games, but my first time watching it was after the season. I didn't even watch it because they played it while we had a game and people was hitting me up like, bro, I just seen your documentary. I remember Matt Nichols hit me. I'm like, oh, this is real. You know what I'm saying? Matt Nichols, this, this is a guy. This is the star quarterback. You know what I'm saying? And um, a lot of people was hitting me up. And um, Henry Burris, that's one of them. That's one uh, guy that had mentioned mentioned it to me and those things and that nature. And uh, I think it was a couple weeks after I really sat down and watched it. I'm like, oh. And every time I watch it, it get me emotional. Like, I ain't even know I can almost cry and stuff like that. Like, bro, what you tearing up for? I think the older you get, the more emotional you get. You know what I'm saying? I'm starting to learn on those things like that. But yeah, man, that was it was awesome. That's when I watched it, man. I seen, man, they did a great job. We was around it. PG County, my high schools, going through those neighborhoods, poverty, you know what I'm saying? I feel like they did a great job. They ain't make me look kind of crazy. They made it seem real. It was what it was. You know what I'm saying? To where I am now, man. Shout out to Rick Westhead, TSM, man. Number love for them. And Mr. Marcel. And I've heard you say that there's a million kids trying to make it to the league. Yeah. So what does it mean to you to be one of the few that break through and actually make it? Um, it, it like I tell like I tell everyone, even like even even I had a girlfriend, even even um, the kids, even um, regular people, even my family, I'm a one percenter. One percent of the people make it. You gotta act different. You gotta vibe different. You want to? You working twenty four hours? I'm working right now. When I go home, I'm working. So anything can happen to me. My name can come up on the news. I lose my job. This life is real. One percent of the people that you grow up with. Is gonna make it in your class, and I really didn't understand that. They tell you that when you're growing up, they tell you those things, but I really understood like, oh, this is what you mean by one percent. You gotta act different. You gotta vibe different. You gotta be able to go through it when you at home, get in an argument with your brother or your mom or your girlfriend or whatever, and then leave the house and boom, it's a fan right outside. They gotta take a picture with you. You gotta switch your whole mood up. Feel what I'm saying? So you gotta be ready to do those things like that. You know what I'm saying? And um, it mean a lot to me. Everybody want the pro athlete life, man. It come with a lot, a lot of hate, a lot of love, a lot of uh, highs, a lot of lows. You got to be able to work out on that every day. You can't be able to take no days off. You got to be able to go to college and 
do those 6 a.m.s and go to class at 8 a.m. to 1, 1 p.m. and then go back to the lift and then go to study hall and you're not getting home till 7 o'clock. Well, where's my life at? You want to be a pro? This the pro-life. You got to, you signed up for it. You feel what I'm saying? This pro-life is real. It's not just you on TV playing on Sundays. You know what I'm saying? You got to be able to do a, a lot of those things. So that's what I mean by 1%. I'm a one percenter. And there's a lot of work to become a one percenter, mm-hmm. but is there any luck involved? I don't believe in luck. I believe in God. You know what I mean? I feel like you believe, you blessed to do this. Some people say a little luck as well. You know what I'm saying, man? But I feel like God do everything for a reason. He put these people here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, some people get here off their athletic abilities. You know what I'm saying? It's, I feel like it's all about who consistent, who stand around. They say the minimum two years. I'm going on my fourth career. You know what I'm saying? Knock on wood. God is good. You know what I'm saying? We beating the, we beating the statistics. We keeping it going. I want to make some plays. There's a lot of goals I got I want to do. You know what I'm saying? I, some goals I want to want to do as far as all-star and being the best, you know what I'm saying, and those things, getting a great cup and those things of that nature. But, hey, man, I just want to stay humble and just be blessed and just be thankful for the opportunity. So, I mean, a lot, man. I can tell you, if you want to be a professional football player, you better run fast. <laughs> you better run fast. That's what they want to see, man. And with you staying humble, too, I wanted to ask you, despite everything that you've gone through to get to this point, you still remain, like you said, humble. And you have this energy and this vibe that's infectious that when everyone, anyone gets a chance to talk to Sherrod Baltimore, it's hard for them not to have a smile on their face when they're done. So where does that energy come from? Um, I feel like the energy come from um, just being thankful. I always had good energy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Just a smile on my face. I don't know. I think my mom, my family, that's what I come from. it just feel good to do that. It feel good. To, it just feel good to just see what's going on, man. Just to feed, to be a part of just some, some lives, some good energy, man. I love it. I love it, man. I, I'm so thankful for life. I'm so thankful just to be here. You know what I'm saying? I'm just thankful for an opportunity just to live. You know what I'm saying? So, it's awesome, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm real. Like I said, you can just you can walk up to me in the streets, man. In Ottawa, I'll be on Bank Street. What's up? You want to take a picture? Let's do it. <laughs> I'm thankful. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes I feel like I wasn't supposed to be here. I got robbed when I was 12 with a gun. Could have shot me. I could have got killed. My man, we at gunpoint getting robbed. Why he ain't shoot me? How often do you reflect on that? That you were at one point, 12 years old, at gunpoint, and now you're a professional football player. How often do you reflect on that? I reflect on it. You know what I'm saying? Not too. I always think about it. Like every day, I'm thankful. Every day, I pray. I read my Bible every day. You know what I'm saying? I just ask God. I'm just thankful. I don't ask God. Some days I don't ask God for nothing. I just just pray just to be thankful for what I have. You know what I'm saying? But every day I wake up and when I come do things like this, or when I'm going to the stadium, definitely before games, man, it hit me. I'm just thankful, man. I'm like, man, I should. I ain't supposed to be here. I can survive them trenches. Hey, man, I'm a war baby, baby. You feel me? I'm here. I'm here. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, man, it's, God is good, brother. God is good. So every day I'm, I'm thankful for life. I'm thankful for those things. You know what I'm saying? I got a good roommate, Jonathan Rose. He played, hey, man, listen, he played a big role in my professional career, especially going through it on practice squad. And even to this day, he's my roommate three years, four years. I don't even have no other roommates but him. You know what I'm saying? So. He got me through those things, and he made me more thankful. He always remind me, man, hey, man, you came a long way. Just because you're on practice squad don't mean you ain't the best. You still the best out here. You know what I'm saying? When you get in that, when you give it in, you're going to get it on the back end. Now you got five picks. Who has? Who else has five interceptions? You you, you tied with me and Rico. You know what I'm saying? We had to top. So little things like that, man, make me 
just thankful because sometimes I go through it, man. I don't, I'm a human too. You know what I'm saying? I'm still learning how to love. I'm still learning how to have feelings. And sometimes I can be a cold heart. You know what I'm saying? I, people teaching me how to just have more feelings and things like that. They staying with me. So, yeah, man, I'm thankful every day. That's awesome, man. And I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come on the podcast. So, I want to give you a moment to kind of tell everyone where they can follow you on social media. Um, You can follow me on Instagram at sbodymore, S-B-O-D-Y-M-O-R-E. And on Twitter, um, S-B-O-D-Y-M-O-R-E. And uh, you can hit me up live, live, man. Full effect, DMs. I'm not Hollywood. Hit me up. Send the follows, man. We can, we can get it done, man. I appreciate you for having me, brother A. I remember you said you was going to start this thing. Hey, man, it's nothing but the sky's the limit for you. I'm proud of you, man. I'm I'm happy to be on here, man. I can't wait to hear it. I appreciate that, man. I want to thank you once again for being on the podcast. And I want to thank everybody for listening. Whether you listen the entire way through, you only listen to bits and pieces. I really appreciate taking time to check this out. Guys, make sure you go and follow Sherrod on Instagram and Twitter. Like I said, I'll make sure it's linked in the show notes down below. And be sure to follow the Red Blacks on Instagram at, at CFL Red Blacks or on Twitter at Red Blacks. Thank you once again for listening, everybody. We'll talk soon.